To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Fact, rumor, scrutiny, suggestion. The Huddle. Huddle with us this evening, David Farrow, pollster and Kiwi blog, and also Ali Jones of Red PR. Hello, you two. Hello. Hey. David, have we ever had an example where a mayor has admitted to having a drinking problem? Uh, admitted, possibly not. The closest comparison I would make, and I'm not sure he would say he had a drinking problem, but is Aaron Gilmore, the former National List MP. Because I think we have to separate out two things. A lot of people can have a drinking problem where they drink too much alcohol. But separate to that is whether you behave like a dick. Yeah. When you're you're in public and you know you're a public official. And what Aaron Gilmore did was deem serious enough for him to be forced out of Parliament uh, as a list MP. So I think, well, we should have sympathy for anyone with a drinking problem. We should also keep a focus on... That doesn't excuse bad behaviour. Right, standards um, of behaviour, David, but would you, I mean, it's kind of different with, with, with a, a, an elected mayor, right? So it, would there ever be a standard of behaviour that's just completely unacceptable and would have to say to the mayor, you can't be the mayor anymore? That's an impossibility, well, right? No She's one elected. can actually say that, though. That's the interesting thing. Councils yeah. can pass no confidence vote. The government can't remove a mayor. I actually think they should have the ability to. The only yeah. thing the government can do is remove the entire council, which isn't appropriate if the problem is really only with the mayor. It's unclear, of course. You know, we've just all had this news and the councillors were finding out. Is the mayor on indefinite leave? Is she actually, who's running the council? Um, It sounds like she's been absent for a couple of months now, only zooming into meetings. Why are we only hearing about this? So, Mm. well, we need to remain with empathy for anyone who, who, who has a problem with alcohol. Uh, we also have to say, look, Wellington City needs to be run well. We've yeah. got one councillor, you're doing drawings of penises running around thinking that's appropriate. Uh, and now now you've got Mia who appears as missing. Ali, you've been on the council, you are on the council. Can you can you I mean could can you see how a council can work if the mayor has a drinking problem that may in some cases incapacitate her for making decisions? Well, I don't know. I think you're making some assumptions there too. And and I think that, you know, people can have drinking problems and, and not be drunk. People can have drinking problems and have it not affect their work. Uh, and also, I think what David's talking about as far as behaviour goes uh, is more of an issue around the lack of teeth around code of conduct and the way councils work. I think there's some pretty poor behaviour that goes on, you know, in, in council buildings around the country. And yet codes of conduct seem to have no teeth whatsoever. So I think that's where we have to start looking at making some changes. And, um, uh, and that's where the issue lies, actually. What do you do, Ali, in an instance where the mayor is has admitted she's got a drinking problem she's on a couple of occasions been busted doing things that are clearly quite embarrassing to her if you are on that council how do you handle that look i think there's got to be some support there i mean for for a lot of people there but 
for the grace of God in some cases. You know, I think most of Christchurch had a drinking problem in the couple of years following the earthquakes, and some people still have. And I'm not, I'm not being silly saying that. There was a huge problem with, with drinking and alcohol in the area after the earthquakes. Mm. I think there's got to be some empathy, some support, uh, and, and help. I mean, you, you don't, you, don't um, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater when you've got someone who's, who's got a problem like this. And, and good honour for putting her hand up and now hopefully she she'll get the help that she needs. Okay, listen, the government's 100-day plan, David, was released today. Grant Duncan, the political commentator, was on earlier saying basically that it's devoid of any ambition and any plans and he's quite disappointed by it. What do you make of it? Well, it's not surprising that the urgency is reversing the stuff that they've bitterly fought for the last three years. But this happens when you change government. And from a national point of view, there's so much stuff that, that has been pushed through that they think is bad, I don't think it's a surprise that that's a 100-day priority. What the more hopefully forward-looking document will be the speech from the throne, um, etc. That will lay out the agenda and what they want to achieve rather than just what they want to get rid of. Yeah, what do you make of it, Ali? Because um, I'd be honest yeah. with you, about about half of the stuff in there I'm stoked is being re- repealed. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, can see, and I can see the ones that you would be too, Heather. Um, look, I, I tend to agree with David. I think the speech from the throne is going to have some more detail in it. But it's the detail that's the issue here. You know, start work to improve the quality of regulation. Well, we certainly need more detail on that. Uh, when you look at, um, oh, I'm thrilled with the pseudoephedrine coming back in. My sinuses are absolutely stoked. Ellie, are you? Uh, what are you planning to do yes. with it? Are you planning to pop the pills and go to work when you're feeling crook? No, it's not that. It's hay fever and blocking oh. up of the nose. It helps with that. Otherwise, I get a sinus infection and then I have to go on antibiotics. Anyway, you don't need to hear about my health issues. So I'm really stoked with that one. Yeah. But what I want to know is what does disestablishing to Pukinga mean and what will the time frames take? There Will there be supports for uh, tertiary institutions and polytechnics uh, as they start to rebrand back to what they were before? That's the kind of detail that I really want to know. Okay, guys, listen, I want to talk about Winston, but we'll do it when we come back. Right, you're back with the huddle, David Farah and Ali Jones. David, um, Winston's behaviour, the fact that, that Luxon let him off the, the hook today kind of makes Luxon look weak, doesn't it? Well, I think Luxon just, you don't want to get between Winston and the media when it comes to a scrap. Um, there's no upside there. Well, this is Winston being Winston. Why, why would we expect him to be different after 25 years of this? What Winston is doing is great for Winston supporters. Uh, they'll love this stuff. It's a distraction for the government, but you'll only make it worse if you're PM and you, you try to get involved in this and say, no, no, Winston, you'll be a bit nicer to the media. What do you think, Ellie? No, look, I, I agree. I actually I heard Hitkin say today that this is, you know, not helping the new government at all and it's making Luxon look weak. But I and I think that uh, Winston's behaviour is a bit like sort of the, the weird, outrageous, um, you know, slightly drunk uncle at a wedding and you kind of just uh, are embarrassed by him, but he is who he is, uh, as David just said. But I think what Luxon said today, you know, you can't just come down and slam anyone and everyone who is behaving outrageously or is not behaving professionally or whatever, Winston is who he is. And so I actually think the way Chris Luxon managed this this afternoon was, was the only way he would and he did a, a, could and did a good job. Okay, and what do you reckon, David, behind the scenes, will Luxon be sitting, da- Luxon be sitting down with him and saying, mate, can you just pull your head in a bit? Will that be happening? No, I don't think uh, he'll be saying that. 
But I think what they'll all be keen on is let's actually get on with implementing policy programs mm. Uh, mm. rather than, than having scraps with the media. The thing, just to defend Winston behind this, look, what he says is hyperbole. But there is an underlying sentiment that many New Zealanders didn't like the public interest journalism fund. They didn't like that you had to sign up to a particular left-wing view of the treaty, and they feel it's compromise independence. Now, that's not corruption. That's not buying favourable coverage. But it is a real issue where I think actually a lot of the media haven't been willing to confront that taking that money and, and, and on the condition of signing up to a particular view of the treaty has caused reputational issues. So, totally agree with you. I well, could not I agree with you more. Can I just jump in there You're a minute, to. though? What you, say, what you say might be true, but that does not excuse someone's behaviour. And I'm sorry, but when I watch Winston Peters behave the way he is, I think he's slightly deranged, and sometimes I think that he's just being outright rude and disrespectful. And he's a bit like a spoilt child in that respect. So when you are in that position, there is an expectation of how you should behave. And I don't think that he's behaving in the way that he should. Uh, but, but Ellie, how is that any different to Winston through the years? Yeah, well, that still doesn't make it right, Heather. And I'm not you. suggesting that, you know, someone should should jump on him. But, but I think enough of this, oh, it's just Winston. I mean, that is not good enough. He's yeah. our Deputy Prime Minister. He's a statesman and he should behave as such. Yep, I would agree with you. Hey, guys, listen very quickly, OK? We've got the cable car plan and... and some people are just texting monorail, monorail, and you know what that means, but other people are telling me I'm being too harsh, David. Is the cable, am I being too harsh or is the cable car plan ridiculous? Well, my first reaction was monorail, the Simpsons episode, etc. And I do note that this sort of plan comes from Doffelmeyer, who, of course, are the people who build it. <laughs> but having put aside my scepticism, um, it's worth a look at because above air construction costs, will be a lot cheaper than digging massive tunnels. At okay, so we're sending it to the working group. Exactly. Yeah, we'll we send it to the working group. I think we're a okay. working group. We're not going to turn any soil on it, but we'll send it to the working group. What do you think, Ali? Yeah, all I would say is if you've ever been up to the gondola on a norwest, a breezy norwest in Christchurch and Canterbury, then you'd think that this is nuts, especially for around here anyway. <laughs> Guys, it's good to talk to the pair of you. Thank you so much, as always. David Farrah, Polster and Kiwi Blog, and Ali Jones, Red PR. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.